when it comes to property managers, it's very different to sales. If I'm being straight with you, they don't get the recognition or the respect from their directors. They're overwhelmed, they're overworked, they're underappreciated, they get, they're getting copped abuse all day. Like, yeah. Let's be real. It's a really hard job. So they want to be recognized and rewarded. And I don't blame them. They put a massive emphasis and focus on their sales team. And the PMs often feel like they don't get a huge amount of recognition and reward. Offer them some flexibility to work from home. Let them bring their dogs into work. It's the small things that make them feel like they are appreciated and recognized and rewarded in their team. You know, people that are losing their jobs, potentially losing their lives, like they're dealing with these insane amounts of pressure but their directors were nowhere to be seen. So it's like, you just give them a little bit of love, show them that you care, a great workplace culture, a little bit of flexibility and give them something that keeps them really engaged because the amount of companies that are looking for PMs is insane and they will get headhunted. And if they're not happy where they are culturally, they'll most likely make the move. How important is networking? And what are some of your go-to tactics for building connections, especially in the industry that you're in? Social media is huge for us. I hate to talk about figures, but Last year, one of my consultants in my team made $190,000 from his Instagram account. He's got like 2,000 followers, but it was what he did with that following, with how he presented jobs. The generation now, it's all social media. We generate so much business from socials. Clients always say, and candidates say, we feel like we already know you to see you on social media. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of The Real Estate Show. With me here today, the Director of Titanium Recruitment, who specializes in the real estate industry, Chanel McCasey. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Christian. I really appreciate it. I, um, I've been following you probably now for the last four years, and we'll talk it off camera. It was probably when you, it was at the start of your journey, so it was funny that, that when we first connected, I've been able to kind of watch you um, and it's, it's been, from what I've seen, it's been a pretty wild journey for yourself, um, really growing the team um, and really working with a lot of, the, probably a lot of the biggest agencies in Australia, so in Victoria and probably Australia, which I'll find out, but give me a bit of a background story. How did you uh, get into the real estate industry? Or recruitment uh, in general? It's a, it's, a, I mean, it's a long but short story. I mean... I, long story short, I actually graduated of all things as a primary school teacher um, and I loved it and I did it for a year overseas and I came back to Australia and I was like, this is just like, I, I'll be completely transparent. I started to understand the value of money and I didn't know that when I was younger and I was like, I can't be a primary school teacher. This is just not for me. Long story short, wound up in recruitment, wound up really sort of enjoying the real estate clientele. Then went to an organization that specialized in real estate recruitment and sort of fast identified that why why wouldn't I go out and do this on my own? Um, and basically my whole philosophy for when I started Titanium was to not just be a recruiter, but to partner with businesses and grow them. Um, and five years later, that philosophy is still very much in place. And I think the clients that we work with sort of don't see us as recruiters. They almost see us as business partners. So we like to grow their business. but. That sounds like a very easy way that I started it, but there was a lot of bumps along the way. But in a nutshell, that's sort of how I got into it. Nice. Were you were you ever a real estate agent? I'm pretty sure your sister is a real estate agent. <laughs> Natalie, everyone thinks we're sisters is because we have the same last name, but no, we're not related. At You're all. not I related. Her... No, I wow. don't know how that <laughs> 
That's brilliant. We were like, we have the exact same personality. So we were like, maybe we are related, but no, I've not been in real estate. I worked internal for a real estate agency for six months because I had restrictions of when I could open my business. Um, and I had a really good understanding of what happens internally in a real estate office, but no, I've never been a real estate agent. Oh, that's so funny. Okay, shout, shout out to your uh, apparently not sister. <laughs> No, we, we tell everyone we are. Like, oh, we comment on each other's Instagrams like, hey, happy birthday, sister. Yeah. And everyone thinks that we are, but we're not sisters. <laughs> okay, that's that's definitely got me by surprise. I, uh, that's a funny one. But um, okay, well, let's kind of take it back. So even like the real estate industry in itself, like what's what's changed in terms of recruitment over the recent years, especially going through um, COVID and, and all that jazz? Oh my God, where do I even start? I mean, the real estate industry within itself, it's such a multifaceted, eccentric industry, to say the least. Um, in terms of changes over the last few years, I mean, you would have to be living under a rock to not know that we've had extreme staff shortages, not just in real estate, but globally, like there's global staff shortages. So if we look at particularly the last two years, and we were chatting about this when we were off camera, um, one in three property managers left the industry during the COVID pandemic. And then a lot of a lot of salespeople as well sort of didn't really, when they came out of the pandemic, really identified that they wanted work-life balance and spending more time with their families. So um, unfortunately for the real estate industry, there's been massive exodus. But in return, we've had a lot of people that are excited and enticed by the real estate industry. It's something where you can go in with a very low barrier of entry and do some pretty extraordinary things if you've got the right attitude. So the amount of people leaving and the amount of people coming into the industry tends to weigh it out. But I mean, the changes that have happened over the last few years, I could write a book about it. There's just, you, I don't know where to start or where to end when we talk about what's changed in, in, the, in the industry and just the employment market within itself. Do you... Do you mostly just focus on uh, rentals, uh, like helping property managers, or do you do admin and sales and stuff like that as well? Anything in a real estate office, yeah. including assisting franchises with opening up real estate offices okay. is what we look after. That's so interesting. Titanium is actually split into two divisions. We've got well, three divisions. We've got our property management recruitment division, our sales recruitment division, and a construction division as well. So no, like rentals, we always have so many vacancies in rentals. So we've got a really good team that look after the recruitment there. Um, but I love recruiting sales. Like sales is my, like that's my favorite thing to recruit. A strong sales agent going into the right business does things to me. Okay, that's interesting. Like even in regards to, uh, so generally I would, I would thought, I'd think, I can understand like the property managers, Generally, they'd be a little bit um, hard to find, so you're obviously putting them together. But generally, sales agents, I would think that maybe they would say, okay, this guy's doing well in, I don't know, LJ Hooker Brighton, and now he wants to go to uh, Marshall White Brighton, for example, Bayside, and they would generally headhunt them themselves. Does that, is that like, do you, are you more focused on potentially like up and coming agents or people that are looking to get in the industry or do you sometimes as well move around elite agents everything okay. so if i was to give you an example right i went to a client meeting yesterday yep. and their office is say i'm just going to use this as an example because i won't ever tell you which clients i work with but say their office is in Northcote for the sake of this particular yeah. podcast right 
they would say we're looking at anywhere between 200 to 300,000 GCI riders, top performers or entry level. Yeah. So what I would then go and do is have my virtual assistant create a list of every single agency in that area and surrounds that we don't personally recruit for and every single agent that's in that area, their GCI and their contact number. From there, every single agent No stone is left unturned. We will headhunt every single person unless they're a client of ours. If they're a client of ours, we do not headhunt from them. But we will literally call every single agent. And I reckon half of Melbourne has been called by someone in my team before, but we'll leave no stone unturned. So think of us as though when you are prospecting for a listing, we're prospecting for a listing, but our listing is a human being, not a, not a house. So even if they're not ready to move now, like they're not ready, they're really happy where they are, let's grab a coffee because if something happens in the future, they've already met with us, we've got an existing relationship. Just like when you're prospecting for a, a listing, they might not want to sell now, but when they do, you're the last person they spoke to. It's the exact same approach, which is why my entire team has come from real estate sales. Nice, nice. Apart that... from me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you got it anyway, so you're all sweet. You got it covered. Exactly, <laughs> exactly right. Nice, nice. And can you please work, walk us through like the process of real estate recruitment, like from identifying a need to making a hire? Yeah, I mean, it really depends, right, on what someone's looking for. So I'll have a client call me and like I said, with, with the meeting yesterday, they basically will approach me or I might approach them. I'll, I'll talk you through two scenarios, but they'll basically approach me and they'll say, Chanel, this is what we're looking for. They'll give me a complete overview of their office. What I always ask them when it comes to recruiting salespeople is why does someone, why would someone want to join your business? If I'm calling your direct competitor who's riding 1.1 GC, you know, 1.1 million in GCI, what the hell am I going to say to attract them to your business? Sell it to me so then I can sell it to them. Nice. So I'll sit in a meeting with those directors and I will absolutely hound them for information. So I need to know their culture, their turnover. Give me a case study of someone that's joined your business as a $200,000 GCI rider. And how did you get them to a $500,000 GCI rider? So once I understand why someone should join their business, I can then pitch that to my team who then go out and headhunt those agents. From there, basically we will approach as many agents as possible. It all is really confidential, um, but basically from there we'll then introduce them to the client and then basically set up the interviews from there. We do all the negotiation on behalf of the candidate and the client. Um, we write their letters of employment and basically assist with putting the entire deal together. The other way around is I've met an agent and they're looking for a new opportunity. Just like if you've got a listing and need a buyer, I will call as many agents in that area. I will not disclose the name of the candidate, but I'll let them know about a particular candidate that's looking for an opportunity. They sign basically our terms of business, which protects the candidate's confidentiality. And then we introduce them that way as well. But there's so many different ways we recruit. Even even in regards to property management, like what's what are those... Like, how do you kind of identify that? Is it a very similar process? Property managers, we would never headhunt a property manager because okay. the beauty of what we do, right, is with real estate agents, their phone numbers are all online. Yeah. Property managers, it's their company phone numbers and we would never, ever disrespect a company by calling their person, their work phones. Yeah. Property managers, look, the hardest thing about PM is that there isn't a huge amount of growth right so they don't really have a huge amount of opportunity to earn commission or progress other than sort of senior pm team leader head of department 
So they move around a lot and it's mostly they'll want salary, like salary is sort of the big thing for PM because they are on a base salary, but also they want recognition, reward, um, you know, a little bit of flexibility. So when it comes to finding property managers, it's very different to sales. So we don't just headhunt. We do a lot of um, databasing. So we've got a massive database, a lot of LinkedIn searching. Social media is huge for us. Um, we don't have a million followers, but the followers we have are pretty much all people from real estate. Yeah. And then they refer to identify a good PM. I mean, we look at a number of things like the movement on their resume, the size of the portfolios that they've managed, um, you know, what, what, why they're wanting to move, what they're looking for out of their next company. Um, that really comes down to good customer service, you know, complaints handling, how can they handle complaints? Do they work well under pressure? Um, they're the sorts of things we look for when identifying a good PM. What are you, what are you finding? Like, okay, so you've said that, that one in three uh, property managers left, um, and now there's there's a little bit of a shortage in the industry. And and uh, and off off the books, you said you got so many so many jobs out to try and match uh, people up. Like, what what what's the reason for that? Obviously, we know that yeah, there's been 130 new reforms. Um, 2020 2021 for property management was just pretty, pretty, pretty difficult because there was just so much going on with, you know, tenants not paying, landlords in distress, um, and it just added, it just heightened um, ridiculously. But um, even now, so uh, do you see a, a lot of them coming back into the industry? Um, and if and if they are, then what's, are there certain requirements, which I'm sure <laughs> since 2020, the, uh, the requirements have, have definitely lifted. Um, so what are some of those? Well, you just nailed it as to why they left the industry. Like so many changes to um, obviously legislation and the workload and the pressure. But really, like if I'm being straight with you, they don't get the recognition or the respect from their directors. So they are like they're overwhelmed, they're overworked, they're underappreciated, they get they're getting copped abuse all day. Like yeah. let's be real, it's a really hard job. It's tough. So they want to be recognised and rewarded. So a lot of directors, and I don't blame them, but they put a massive emphasis and focus on their sales team. So they've got the sales meeting, the sales training, it's sales, 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 and the PMs often feel like they don't get a huge amount of recognition and reward. If I look at the companies that really strongly retained property managers through the pandemic and beyond, they have KPIs for their PM team that can see them earning additional money in commission. They offer them some flexibility to work from home. They let them bring their dogs into work. You know, it's the small things that make them feel like they are appreciated and recognized and rewarded in their team. Whereas a lot of the bigger businesses, it's a pandemic. These PMs, half of them are in their 20s and they're dealing with you know, people that are losing their jobs, potentially losing their lives. Like they're dealing with these insane amounts of pressure, but their directors were nowhere to be seen. So it's like, just give them a little bit of love, show them that you care, a great workplace culture, a little bit of flexibility and give them something that they can work toward. Um, Or even if it's like a customer satisfaction KPI, something that keeps them really engaged because I'm telling you, the amount of companies that are looking for PMs is insane and they will get headhunted. And if they're not happy where they are culturally, they'll most likely make the move. Okay. Uh, Do you see, are there a lot of property managers entering, like you said, for sales, like, okay, a lot of people left and they're coming in. Is that kind of the same thing as well? A lot of people left, but there's still a lot of property managers entering or... Is there still a bit of a gap? 
Um, well, they changed the agent's rep certificate. So you yeah. used to be able to get the agent's rep certificate, let's be real, in like two hours. Um, <laughs> one week was like two hours. Um, now it's six months. Yeah. So the Royal Commission came on like a ton of bricks to the real estate industry. So it went from being like a two-week, like a two-hour two course that you could do for like $99 to a six-month course, it's about $6,000. So because of that, it's more difficult to get into the industry. So our entry levels aren't as sort of high volume as they were, but the ones that are entry level that are coming in, they've actually really thought out their career because they actually have to commit to the study yeah. and commit to the amount that it costs to get your agents rep. So the entry levels coming in are, are, are a lot stronger than the entry levels we've seen in the past where there was literally like practically no barrier to entry to the industry. Okay, it's very interesting. Um, how do you evaluate? Uh, sorry, evaluate a candidate's fit for a role in the real estate, or like, or just even beyond, like their qualifications. Like, what do you what do you look for? Well, like there's soft skills and there's hard skills, but the the best thing about real estate is, like, every suburb is a very different demographic of people. So someone that we would interview for Brighton that would be amazing in Brighton is not going to be an amazing fit for Craigieburn or vice versa. So when we're recruiting for a particular role, we're looking at the demographic of people in that area. So if we're looking at areas that have a lot of Europeans, we're looking for someone that could potentially be bilingual. We're looking in an area that's, you know, an average house price of two million. We're probably going to look at someone that potentially fits that demographic of buyer who can best relate to them in the area. So the soft skills that we look for across the board would be presentation, because let's be real, when you're walking into people's homes and you're selling their biggest asset, you need to be well presented. Like you're representing a brand and a company um, and people judge you. Like the first couple of seconds of meeting you, they'll form a judgment of you and your presentation is critical. Um, communication, the exact same thing. Like, can they communicate? Because in sales, like you have to just be able to speak to anybody. So it's like, how do they build rapport with us over the interview? Property managers is, is similar as well. They obviously need to be able to communicate well. But again, like it depends what suburb we're in. Like if you give me a suburb and a, like a pretend role, I could tell you what we would evaluate in that person. But it really varies client to client, suburb to suburb. Let's go Northgate. Northgate? Yeah. If you would say to me, like, Chanel, I'm looking for a property manager in Northcote, yep. straight off the bat, I haven't recruited for you in the past, but knowing your team, you're obviously a slightly younger team. Yeah. I can tell from your social media pages, you're obviously really energetic and you're out there. So for you, I would I would probably recommend someone that's, you know, within a particular age demographic that would fit well with the culture of your business. Yeah. I know that Northcote, I mean, mix, right? There's like some hipsters. Um, it can be multicultural, but there's also a lot of like yuppies. Yeah. So I think someone that potentially grew up in that northern pocket could be a really good fit for you. But in saying that, someone that's coming from South Yarra or further north could also be a good fit. But for your office in particular, someone that's young and energetic, um, that has to be driven like the rest of your team are, um, and someone that obviously knows the area in some capacity or has had exposure to the Northcote area. Nice, nice. I, I, it's probably exactly what I'd be looking for, so you nailed it. I'll send you my terms of business after the podcast. Yeah, done, done. And uh, What's some advice you'd have for someone who's like interested in pursuing a career in real estate um, or even just real estate recruitment in general? Um, what would you have for them? Probably on both ends, if they're wanting to get into the industry or even if they want to get in go and follow your path. 
If you're wanting to get into the real estate industry, my advice is don't think it's going to be fast and easy money because it's absolutely not. You need to be someone that prefers a marathon instead of a sprint because it's a really long game and people that we meet entry level are delusional in the sense that they think that you're going to be people kind of come to you and say, I want to sell my house. And you're going to be like, cool, I'm going to go list that house. Like, that's not how it works. You need to be resilient because you are door knocking. You are cold calling. You're going to get rejected. No one's going to know who the hell you are. So you need to be, you need to really, really want it. But you've also got to understand that you're going to take maybe four or five steps back before you can even take one step forward. And then sometimes you take that step forward, it's going to be 10 steps back. Like it is, you cannot want things fast and quick if you're wanting to get into real estate. You're going to really want to, like like I said, play the long game. That's for sales. Property managers, my advice is if you're looking for a job and you have thick skin and you are resilient and you can handle people who might potentially be quite aggressive with you at times, you're organized, you're efficient, you like problem solving um, and you want stability, like you will never be out of a job in property management, go for it. Um, recruitment, if you want to follow my footsteps, it's really similar to sales, right? Like you are dealing with rejection, you're negotiating. There are a lot of eccentric people in real estate. So you have to have a really good sense of humor because like some of the conversations we have are absolutely wild. But if you love sales, you love commission, you love being in control of your income and you love people, you'll absolutely kill it. Nice. What do you have? Like what's some advice um, you have for probably business owners? Because you're probably looking at some companies like, okay, they've lost, you know, this many people. And some of them you're probably dealing with. Um, some of them you're probably just looking in, making an assumption of what you believe. Um, but generally, let's talk on a general basis. Like, what would you be telling them? Um, obviously, you know, going going forward now in the next twelve to twenty four months since we've come out of since we come out of hard times in COVID. Still, obviously tough. There's a lot going on, but. You know, especially with all those shortages of staff and stuff like that. My advice is if you have a good team, nurture them, take them out for team events, show the appreciation. Directors, like I can't tell a director what to do, but my advice is a lot of directors aren't in the office a huge amount. They're out and about. And so they should be, right? They need a list, they need to do whatever. But try and have as much face time with your team as possible. Right now, the general consensus along majority of real estate offices right now is quite, it's quite grim. You know, we're dealing with, we came off the end of 2022, which was wild. Like you could sell anything to now people don't want to list. They're probably going to have to list out of necessity, but it's harder to sell. So you went from an extreme high to an extreme low and your team are going to need probably additional training support but also reward and recognition from their directors we're seeing right now a lot of people wanting to exit the industry altogether particularly in sales but any any salesperson that's been in it long enough will know that this is just another wave that they need to ride like the industry's now we're not always going to be killing it it's going to come in waves and if you can outstand or outlast one wave you might crash a little bit but you're going to come out back on top the people jump when the market gets tough. Directors need to know that that's what the team mentality is right now. We're dealing with inflation, cost of living rises. Like it's wild out there and it's really scary and daunting and the media doesn't help it. So this is where a director needs to go in and literally be a director. Give them extra training, do more one-on-ones, 
um, talk about the last recession that they worked through. Just show that you care and that you understand the positions that a lot of them are in. Yeah, are a lot of the directors like probably facing a tough time because like, they're, like as you said, they're so focused on out, like, I've got to list these properties, I've got to hit these numbers. Um, and they're, they're kind of just neglecting everything else. Like, do you, is there potentially like, do you see um, directors that, that aren't so sales focused or listing focused that probably do better with their own team rather than the ones that are just always on the road gunning um, and possibly like not giving the love to the team that, that they deserve or they need, I should say? A million percent, a million percent. If you're a non, like we have a lot less turnover from our non-selling directors. Hmm. But if you are a selling director, my advice is if you're out of lot, potentially get a sales manager in there hmm. and a head of department. If you're a non-selling director, you can probably oversee both. Yeah. But I'm seeing it a lot now. A lot of agents that are moving are looking to move potentially to a non-selling director yeah. because they need that additional support. So yeah, 100%. Like, Directors, if you're out listing and selling, get it. You've got to like, you've got to, you've got to, you know, bring home the bacon. Yeah. But don't neglect your team. And if you find that you are, maybe look at potentially appointing a sales manager or a head of department so that team is looked after and things stay under control. Because it's a hell of a lot more expensive using me as a recruiter to constantly replace your staff than it is to potentially appoint a sales manager and a head of department to stop that turnover happening in your team. Fair. Fair. Um, do you like, is it sometimes like you might have a client that's got a lot of turnover. Would you ever like, for example, go in there and say, Hey, you know, we've, re we've, we've transferred over three or four people in the last couple months or whatever, you know, this is potentially what we believe you should be doing. Like, do you try and offer them kind of what you should do or not really? You just kind of steer clear and just keep doing, keep doing you. Oh my God, if I could steer clear, I would be probably, I'd, I wouldn't have to get as much Botox, but no, I get very involved. See the hairdresser less with, the, <laughs> with your gray hairs. Oh, the gray hairs, the Botox. Um, no, I, I am super transparent with my clients. Like anyone that knows me knows I'm pretty straight up. Like I'll be like, this is bullshit. You've had so much turnover. Like, don't get me wrong. That's fine for me because I'm making money every yeah. single time someone leaves. But like I said to you, when we started talking, I partner with my clients. Yeah. They grow, I grow. And I have such a vested and emotional investment in their businesses. Like I want them to do well. I want them to not have to call me. So when there's high turnover, we'll typically try and get as much feedback from the candidates as possible. And there's usually a root of the cause. It's typically not enough support or there might be one, we call them like a cancer. There's one toxic person in a business, it spreads like cancer and it affects every single person in the office. Yeah. So if I can give them as much feedback as possible, absolutely. I've helped directors restructure property management divisions. I've put in head of departments that I know have come from competitors that have restructured businesses. I found sales managers for teams that are really having low performing team, uh, low performing numbers and put a sales manager in there that's seen them increase their sales numbers. So absolutely, like my job is not just, hey, I need a PM, cool, here's a PM. I've seen directors in all kinds of states, um, not always positive, if that makes sense, like in complete disarray because their team are just walking out left, right and center. Yeah. And I'll do absolutely anything in my power to help them their teams up and running so that they can be as productive and profitable as possible. Nice, nice. And how do you stay ahead of the competition uh, in your space? <sighs> I think 
I recently read a book, right? And it's called, It Starts With Why. This sounds like I rehearsed this conversation, but I did it. <laughs> and I think when you know why you're doing something, you don't have competition. Like I know there's other real estate recruiters out there. I honestly think maybe once every four or five months, we might come up against someone. Yeah. So what the whole point of the book is when you know what your why is, like, I know that sounds so cliche and bullshit, blah, blah, blah. But I am so clear on why I do what I do. And that message comes down to my team and my team are, if not equal, more passionate about what they do than I do. You don't even look at a competitor because when a client comes to us, they come to us as their friend, they're confident, they trust us. They know we're doing absolutely everything we possibly can to ensure we can get the best talent. But when it comes to other things like tech, we have the most up-to-date systems. We have artificial intelligence that assists us in so many ways. I have virtual assistants. Um, I have structured my company so that we can look after sales recruitment, property management recruitment, as well as franchise development. So internally, all I look at is how we can be better as a team, not how we can compete against our competitors. Because like I said, I really don't think we have a huge amount in our space that we come up against. I know that sounds like a dickhead because everyone's probably going to like you. Yeah, there's other recruiters out there, but with our clients, they just don't go to anyone else. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And um, it's even just, it's an interesting model um, that you've kind of set up and you've got all these little departments uh, that you got going. Um, are you looking to just continue on and maybe potentially add more businesses? I'm going to expand Titanium as much as I can. So we have we have started our recruitment process in Queensland and New South Wales. Oh, nice. Um, but, I mean, first to be heard, we are starting, I am starting, sorry, I should say, um, my new venture, it's called Roll Brokers. So we will be assisting in the purchasing and selling of rent rolls nice. in Melbourne. So it's been a massive demand for a lot of our clients and we've transacted multiple rent rolls without, not transacted, but introduced the transaction of multiple rent rolls. Um, so that's a massive focus for me this year and just another way we can help grow our clients' businesses. So you're looking at it like you're cutting these deals and you're like, I need a slice. Like this is... <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to be a little more diplomatic than that. I'm trying to be a little more diplomatic. But I mean, it just ties in, right? It makes sense for us to do it. I mean, sure, my profit margins are going to be a little bit higher as well. But, you know. <laughs> no, that's amazing, Chanel. And um, what, are you, what are you kind of seeing in that aspect? Um, is, there a lot of, is there a lot of transactions happening? Are they... Are you finding are the bigger guys getting bigger? Um, are the is it is it people uh, is it people retiring and selling their rent rolls? Is it is it just other people that are just like you know what like I don't want to deal with it. I'll just cash in. Like what are you what are you kind of seeing in that in that uh, in that game? All of the above, all of the above. So like like I said, when we talk about the pandemic, a lot of businesses realised that their bread and butter was their rental department. And if we're looking at what 2023, I mean, I'm not a psychic and I, we certainly can't predict what's going to happen in the market, but we're not going to be transacting as many property sales as we did in 2022, 2021, 2020. So a lot of businesses are thinking forwardly and they are looking to purchase and acquire rent rolls. The big are certainly getting bigger. Um, I will not deny that in any sense. And like, like you just mentioned, a lot of directors are going, you know what, I'm going to focus on sales. I've set myself up for retirement. Let's cash out this rent roll, focus on doing a few sales. They're wanting to downsize and the big are just getting monstrously bigger. 
Um, the human need changed so significantly during the pandemic that there's a lot, a lot of changes happening. If we look at a rent roll as well, a property manager will like, let's just use North for example. So say Christian, you've got 50 properties in, um, let's say Ballarat, yeah. right? And two years ago, you had a PM managing 20 properties in Northgate, 20 in Epping, 20 in Reservoir, but then there was like 10 in St Kilda and 30 in Ballarat. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, they're not going to fucking do it. Yeah. They're not going to manage that portfolio at all. So yeah. you're going to be like, I can't find someone to manage that. I'm going to sell off that 40 in Ballarat and that other 20 in, you know, wherever it was, St Kilda. So that's then a transaction that we can assist with. So you pull those out and keep your portfolio as local to your office as possible. Because again, no one's going to be able to find the property manager that's going to want to drive all around Melbourne to service those areas. Yeah. So we're seeing a lot of that as well. That's interesting. Um, is there any other sectors of, uh, of the industry or whatever that you feel like you'd like to, um, like to add into your arsenal going forward? Obviously you'll start here, but is there anything else that's potentially you just sitting there like maybe... I could see myself playing this game. Well, look, the broking side is going to keep me really busy, but I do think that there are still ways that the recruitment industry could innovate. Um, I would love to look into something like tech in the app space, but look, I right now, when I look at where Titanium is and what the next two years is going to look like, we're so freaking busy. Like, I just want to keep expanding it. You know, the more people we have, the more people we can serve, like, you know, basically help service our clients. But my hands are so full. Will we expand? Absolutely. But I'm also not one. I'm, I don't want to talk about what I'm going to do. I'll do it. And then I'll talk about Fair. it, if that makes sense. Yeah, good point. Good yeah. point. Um, and then uh, was there any particular reason that you just wanted to focus in? I know you said you do building and uh, there's obviously the real estate recruitment but I'm sure you probably get people hitting you up all the time. Oh, can you help me recruit for this or help me recruit for that? Um, uh, is there any particular reason why or you just, you'd rather just uh, focus on that and just be an expert in that field and just keep it at that? Um, yeah, look, we, we do double outside the industry, particularly with companies. So I've got a probably half a dozen clients that I look after that are out of the real estate industry, but like people that come from the real estate industry to go into that business. So the transferable skills for real estate are crazy, right? Like 12 hour days on your feet, door knocking, cold calling, like that, a lot of companies find that really attractive when we're looking to take them out of the industry into a new one. Yeah. Um, but in terms of myself, like why Titanium's niche is in real estate, like we're so, so busy. Yeah. Like I, when clients put me out of the industry, like we've had some legal accounting and different industries, I'm like, I would love to, but I'm not someone that wants to commit to something unless I can actually deliver it and we can't deliver in that space. So, you know, it's like if someone said to you, Christian, like, can you sell my car? You can sell houses. <laughs> I could, but like all of my buyers of a house, like I don't really yeah. want to go into that and try like, this is what I'm good at. This is my network. And let's focus on what's in the network. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes 110% sense. It, yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> I was just... um. Just always curious because I, um, yeah, like you do have a obviously now this, but I feel like you do have an amazing platform to to really build on, and maybe you know give it 10, 20 years down the line, who knows? You might be bloody covering everything. We'll see titanium everything, which is so fun. Like 
to the real estate clients like they are so funny they're so eccentric like they're wild characters i love them and then when i recruit in other industries i'm like oh you're like so vanilla and corporate yeah. like my real estate clients are wild i can go from like like having shots with them at a bar to like screaming at them in the top of my lungs to then laughing my ass off they're so wild and i like my personality is just like that so i love them and whenever I dabble in under other industries, I'm like, oh my God, this is so boring. Like, I love the real estate industry. It's so crazy. It's so much fun. Fair. Makes makes sense. And what what do you what kind of person do you think like suits real estate? And like what what do you think they need to succeed in the industry? We'll probably start with property management and then also sales. And do you feel like there is like you need to start in property management and then work your way up to sales? Or do you think they're like two separate things all together. Look, when someone comes to me and they're like, look, I want to get in the industry and I'm open to PM or sales, I'm just like, oh, like it, I, it, I get it all the time. It does my head in. They're so separate. Like PM, you are admin, you are complaints handling, your customer service, you are on your emails all day, you are dealing with like, but you know, the good thing about property management is I guess you get exposure to houses, I guess. Sales, you need to be like cold calling, door knocking, letterbox dropping out and about all day. So like in terms of like what we look for in a person, if it was either role, you need to be extroverted to some extent, particularly in sales. Like you want to be someone that can just talk to people. You need to want to network and someone's network that wants to network is typically charismatic. Um, they've got a great sense of humor. They hold themselves well. Like you can feel their presence when they walk into a room. You want to feel presence from someone. Like I said, you know, you are responsible for selling someone's biggest asset in life. That is not something that you can take lightly. And that is not something anyone can do. So you need to have your wits about you as well. You don't need to be the smartest person in the room, but you need to be emotionally intelligent, like extremely emotionally intelligent. But you've got to have a little bit of actual intelligence about you as well. So like it's it's difficult, like the kind of person, we met someone not long ago, I talked about this on my podcast, he came from Pancake Parlor, he was managing a Pancake Parlor, he was in his late 30s, no one would give him a shot. And we represented him, we placed him and he's now number two within that particular agency. Wow. And in his second year, he saw, I can't remember the figures, but he killed it. What we identified with him was that he was hungry, he wanted it, he wanted something better from his life. And it was, like I said, the industry, it has a low barrier to entry, but in order to succeed in it, you have to be hungry. You have to really want it. Otherwise it's just not gonna work out. And this guy had kids and a wife. And like I said, he just went for it. He had let nothing hold him back and he freaking killed it. And no one else would look at him because he came from Pancake Parlor. That's crazy. So it's about identifying the soft skill. You've got to get to know the person, like what makes you tick? Who are you when you're not at work? Because not everyone is, everyone wants to be successful, but not everyone actually wants to be successful or, the, or wants to put in the work to Push get to, to where the they need to yeah. be. So we like to identify that, yeah. Nice, nice. And how, how important is networking? And what are your, some of your go-to tactics for building connections, especially in the industry that you're in? I think networking, I, I posted this on my Instagram story yesterday and I met every word, your network particularly in real estate, is your net worth. Like, it's it's who you know. 
Like if you know the people in the area that you are listing and selling and they know you personally, like how much easier is that? People do business with people that they know and they like and they trust. When it comes to networking, look, I'm a little bit more particular now, but in my first three years of Titanium, I would say yes to the opening of an envelope. I would go anywhere. I would go to any event. I would just be anywhere. I said yes to meeting with absolutely everybody. Um, because now people know who I am. It's so much easier. Like it is so much easier. So social media is huge. Like I I hate to talk about figures, but we worked out that one of my consultants in my team last year, he made $190,000 from his Instagram account. Wow. He's got like 2000 followers, but it was what he did with that following with how he presented jobs how people want to connect with you over social media because it doesn't feel as aggressive as if they were to just cold call you. The generation now, it's all social media. Like it's all Instagram, TikTok. We generate so much business from socials. And clients always say and candidates say, we feel like we already know you to see you on social media. So if you're not someone that physically wants to go to networking events, put yourself out there on socials, Instagram, TikTok. People know you and they feel like they know you. They'll want to do business with you. But don't post on it like, you know, ridiculous shit, like you're out drinking and partying because your clients don't want to see that. Like show that you're – and don't post like your Rolex and your Ferrari. Like don't do that. But just post a little bit about who you are and what you believe in and when you're authentic, people will see it. I agree. I agree. And uh, what are some of the most common mis- I don't know, misperceptions about, the, I don't know, real estate recruitment and how do you educate potential clients and candidates about the realities of – just the process look real estate recruitment has such a bad well not real estate recruitment but the recruitment industry has such a bad name clients tend to think and i think this is based on there's a few recruiters out there that will put people in a business and then pull them out once their replacement guarantee is over oh, what um they also think because then they can make money from that person again <sighs> yeah that's yeah. pretty heavy oh, i would not be happy if that was happening to me wow happen a lot a lot and that's probably the biggest frustration with recruiters they think that um we might oversell a candidate uh we'll overquote them on salary um they think that recruiters like i said they might headhunt from them once they've done business with them um how can i cover that a lot of them do it like i'm not going to lie to you like my not my team if that happened in my team that would be instantly it's instant dismissal it's written in our employment contracts but they do it like they will put someone in your business. And after six months, it basically means that we don't need to replace the candidate. So they'll pull them out and potentially try and place them elsewhere. I think that my advice is work with a recruiter. I'm not saying work with titanium. Like that's not what I'm here to say or pitch it in any sense, but make sure whoever you recruit with, there's someone that you know, someone that you trust or interview them just as though you would for a candidate, like get to know your recruiter. Don't just call a random recruiter and ask them to recruit for you because it's your brand. We're out there pitching your brand. So you want someone that's going to represent your company in the best light because the people in your business are going to determine how successful your business is. So who you pick as a recruiter is the same as who you would pick to list your home because your business is also your biggest asset. So be careful and be particular with who you appoint to growing your biggest asset, which is your business. Fair. How do you measure the success of your real estate recruitment efforts and what metrics uh, does you and your office track? I mean, 
we we like like a sales office, right? My team are um, they all have individual KPIs that they need to to meet. Yeah. Similar to real estate, they're on retainers as well. Yeah. Um, some opt to be commission only, depending on where they're at in life and what they want. Yeah. I mean, we measure success on, obviously when we've had a great month billing, we'll celebrate that success. But sometimes we don't have great months, but I can see the effort that's being put in. Um, so look, every month I, I'm so, like I'd say I'm fortunate, but I guess I, I, I spent a lot of time picking my team. I have the most incredible team. I love them to death. I love coming to work. They are crazy. They are passionate. They are eccentric. They're so much fun and they're just beautiful human beings. So I am so fortunate that I measure my success on how our team is performing like as a team. Like, are we getting along? Are we happy? Of course, you need to make money. Otherwise, no one's fucking happy. But <laughs> like, I could not be more grateful for who I have in my business. They're just the most insane human beings. I adore them. That's amazing. And What's, are you able to like maybe share some experiences working with some real estate agencies and like what advice you'd have for like building strong partnerships in the industry? For sure. I mean, I won't name clients because like I said, I just yeah. <laughs> never name my clients. Um, but like one client in particular, I've grown, I've, I mean, I've spoken about this on my podcast actually before my, my real estate one. Um, one agency I grew from 40 to 100 staff in under a year. Nice. Um, why I did that, why, like how I did that and why was I understood them. I got to know them really well. I knew their wives. I was heavily involved in their business. Um, I understood why, like their vision, what they wanted to do. They disclosed that with me. I understood the structures of their team members, so how the PM division was structured, how the sales team was structured, the commission. Knowledge is power. And once I was passionate about their business, that showed with every single person I spoke to about that particular organization. So when I went to headhunt them, it wasn't an awkward conversation because I truly believe in their vision just as much as they did. So I partnered with them and I chose them in that area and said no to any other business that asked us to recruit in that area because they were my priority. And we basically grew them significantly. And they're now one of the largest businesses in Victoria, no. um, not purely due to me. They're an incredible team regardless. But I trusted that when I had candidates there, they were going to be looked after as well. So, I mean, that's just one of you know many scenarios that have occurred when we really understand a business, but we also respect and believe in their vision as well. Amazing. And pretty much just the final question, what are some of the most important skills for someone looking to break into real estate recruitment and how can they develop and refine their skills over time? Is there anywhere that you can potentially send people to I don't know, go and search some things up. I know in real estate, we got we got Tom Panos and um, or uh, or Andy Reid that, you know, provides us a lot of value. Um, is there anyone in recruitment or anything at all? Mm. No one that I would like recommend off the top of my head. Not really. I mean, advice if you're wanting to get into real estate recruitment, know what we do. Like it's a sales job. It's not like, yeah, we're Monday to Friday. Yeah, we've got balance, but you, it's just like real estate. You I have to speak to people after hours. Like it is, I'm not joking. It's fucking full on. Yeah. Like the, if you, I'm like, I live next door to my office and I actually have to come home to do this podcast because it's so chaotic in my <laughs> office. It is 
like they are on the phones it is like go 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 it's so loud in there it's it's you're you're you have to be an adrenaline junkie you have to run at a million miles an hour but that can't stress you out like that has to be in your personality and in your nature to be like that if you're looking for someone, I mean, if I was to look at my team, when someone new comes on, they get put with a team leader. And we also do weekly training as well. So this morning we had training and that was on negotiation and objection handling at an offer. But I mean, look, it's hard. There's no real big players in recruitment. It's still not really seen as like a industry, like a big industry. I don't know, like a like you. an industry that's like overly exciting, I guess. But let me like it is so much fun. And just like real estate, you can it's a very low barrier to entry for recruitment. But my God, some of the numbers and some of the months that my team pull, what I see them make individually is ridiculous. Ridiculous. So you gotta want it. But yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of money and a lot of excitement, a lot of joy in it. But my God, if you're a shy person and you don't like adrenaline, you won't you won't last. Like you'll just get eaten alive. Particularly with my team members, they're savage. <laughs> you'll get eaten alive. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> Honestly, I I think it's I think it's very smart. Like jumping into recruitment, like you're kind of the picks and shovels of the industry. So you kind of, and like as you said, I think you look at real estate like compared to the agencies compared to real estate recruiters, there's not many and you're just kind of served, but there's so many agents that you're that you're servicing. So I think honestly, it's an amazing move. And if from talking to you, it, it reminds me, it's exactly, it's like real estate sales. It's exactly the same. It's just, you're playing a bit of a, you're just trying to move agents rather than um, than property. So uh, well done, Chanel. I, uh, I, I've enjoyed following your journey. I think you've been doing really well. And it's um it's amazing to to obviously you know speak to you and and get a bit more of an understanding of everything and thank you for taking the time to provide so so much value today. Oh, such a pleasure! I think we both started our journeys at the same time, we so did. it's been fun watching them come to life together. And you know who knows what the next few years will bring, but no doubt it'll be exciting for both of us. I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, we're and we'll definitely we'll definitely be in touch. I, I think we we do have to start working together. So I I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna have a chat to you. We'll uh and yeah, well let's take it from there. Done. Well, I look forward to growing growing callings for you in 2023. <laughs> Mate, I'm sure you can help me in a lot of ways. That it's, uh, you know, which uh, we'll, we'll talk about. But thank, thank you so much. Not a problem at all. Thanks, Christian. See you guys.